Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast, the summer series, featuring discussions by Re and other members of our community as part of Coffee Talk, presented for the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. To learn more about IDEA, visit ideadance.org. Season 3 for Regold's Dance Life Podcast will be back at the end of summer. Enjoy this bonus Coffee Talk series. Take it away, Ree. Um, Rhonda, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I'm uh, honored to have you, my friend. Thank you for saying that, though. But I want to ask you this question. Um, because you know our audience is dance teachers, studio owners. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, like, your very first dance experience what made you walk into the studio for the first time (laughs) well I think I was four and my mom decided that you know I was going to take dance class and um I my first dance class was with a woman named Alma Britt and I grew up for for the first eight years of my life in Charleston West Virginia and that's that was my first dance class and you know you know how you just go tip tip tap with your, <laughs> your foot and that was it and then she tried to get me into ballet and I was like mm. um you know but I came back around I came back around to ballet because if you don't have ballet you're in big trouble <laughs> so. and when did you start to take it seriously um I would say probably we moved to the Baltimore area um when when I was like eight and nine and then I just you know fell in love with with all of it and then when I saw the movie Cabaret with Liza Minnelli that was it I was like I gotta do this for my life there was Uh, so captivating she she was amazing so yes from seventh grade on I was in it to win it (laughs) so I know that you are the director of this really awesome program for dancers at pace Yes. And I want to ask you about that. But before I do, I noticed that you yourself have a BFA in dance. Mm-hmm. What is the difference now and what it was like back then as far as what's offered at higher at the higher ed level for dancers? Okay. I know it's changed dramatically for the good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'd like to hear uh, your... Well, um, I would say, you know, years and years ago, um, I think academic institutions wanted to rely heavily on um, the codified uh, genres, which would have been ballet and modern. And, you know, it's written out, you can follow it. Um, And I feel like the academic community really um, settled with those. And I think back then, it was very rare to find, uh, you know, it was either ballet or modern. So then if you could find a program that even had some musical theater and jazz, that was, those were very, very few and far between. So um, I would say from, from back in the day, you know, my back in the day to now, um, when I wrote this program, it was, I, I really talked to the school and I said, we need to provide the platform and the education for students that want to do all genres of dance, not just ballet or not just modern, 
So that is why I branded it as a commercial dance program here at Pace, because I believe that commercial is not just hip hop. Commercial dance is all styles of dance, ballet included, modern included, hip hop. We have aerial arts. They have to take singing. They have to take acting. Like it's everything to create longevity in your life. Um, that's that's the program here. And I feel like a lot, I've watched it in the past 10 years because my program is only 10 years old this year, but I've watched other programs be more accepting and really try to add, you know, I mean, Juilliard has an elective of hip hop now, you know, and they have my hip hop teacher, Miss V. So I'll share. Wow. <laughs> but, but, but the programs are starting to realize that there's more to it than just ballet or modern and that, yes, jazz is now codified, tap is codified to, you know, I mean, so it's, it's, it's an evolving art form. So mm -hmm. it, I know we talk about being codified, but sometimes I feel like, so, so if, it, if we must go that way, are we stifling? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, that's the most interesting thing to me is because jazz has changed and evolved and I couldn't write down my combinations if I didn't thank heaven we have you know phones that have video on them now because to to write down like yeah and uh, uh, you know I mean, you can't it's like how are you going to write that down <laughs> and I have to agree with you I went to Temple University I have my BFA in dance and mm -hmm. I um I graduated in 27 uh 2007 what I'm saying and um my, I feel like my class was the year that they really started to transition more. When I first got in there, it was very modern ballet based with lots of choreography. I knew I wanted to own a dance studio. I knew I wanted to own a dance company. So that was great for me. Um, but I came from a very jazz based studio. We also took tap and we also had hip hop and we all, you know, like we had a lot of other styles, electives that we could take within our program. And my I think my grade kind of was just like, why, why isn't there jazz? Why isn't there hip hop? And we were asking, you're we going to the administrative people. And we're like, we, we want this. This is what we thought that we were going to get more of. And by our sophomore year, they brought an amazing hip hop instructor, great jazz teacher. So we kind of helped transition that. Right. But it's interesting before that there really wasn't a lot offered. So I would just go to New York and take class or I would go into the to Koresh and take a jazz class there because I wasn't necessarily always getting all of that my freshman year with, right. with that program. But we were lucky that they were willing to start pulling more electives in. But it's interesting because I think I was a part of that transition. transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Rhonda, tell us a little bit about the program at Pace. Okay, I would love to. Um, so, uh, like I said, I wanted to um, make sure that dancers were prepared in as many areas of dance as possible. Um, so we we have obviously a lot of ballet, believe it or not, lots of ballet. Um, we do have modern, but we have hip hop in all different styles of jazz, contemporary uh, requirements in the program are pedagogy classes, which we want to make sure that our um, that our students know how to properly teach ballet from young children up through you know adult, and we have mm -hmm. the same with jazz. So that's in the program. 
Um, we have choreography. We're listed as like top, you know, one of the top three and four choreography uh, undergraduate programs in the country. So we have uh, a good bit of that partnering. They have to take acting. They have to take singing. We have aerial. I just wanted to, in 128 credits of a, of a BFA, I wanted to get as much put into this program as possible. Uh, we have beautiful, like a lot of theater dance. Um, it, it's just a really, really well-rounded program. But the newest thing um, in the past couple of years is I, I rewrote the program to where in spring of junior year, I take the students to Los Angeles, the junior class, and everything we do out there is all on camera work. So they, they because it's very, very different. Like, yes, you know how to dance, but do you understand how to do it for the camera and what the camera's doing? So we do dance on camera, we do improv, which is acting as well as movement, uh, choreography for the camera. And I have the most stunning faculty out there as well. Mandy Moore, Ray Leeper, Jen Hamilton, Dominique Kelly, like just major players uh, that want to give back to the students. Now, Rhonda, are they, do they go to your studio while they're out there? Because don't you co-own the edge out there currently? Um, no, no. I sold my interest in that business back in 2001. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. I was wondering how you were doing both. I was like, wow. Like that's, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I would implode. <laughs> but no, um, we, Pace, we did rent from Edge um, originally, okay. which was great. Um, and, and then um, now that Edge is closed, uh, we... Right now, we hold our classes out at the Performing Arts Center in Van Nuys um, with Joe Malone out there. Nice. So it's a, my premise for this program is I wanted to be able to, once, they're graduate, once they graduate, to integrate them into company work, to Broadway, everything TV and film related. I, I really just wanted them to be exposed to as much as possible. And we really try to teach them how to navigate the business because, you know, people go, Oh, I'm just going to move to LA or I'm just going to move to New York. Well, you don't even understand how it operates, how it works. So how can you truly get ahead when you don't even understand that you should be coming, becoming very, very good friends with the casting directors on Broadway, <laughs> you know, like you don't even know these business aspects of things. And I feel like that's something that, we pride ourselves on here, I, you know, I make sure that I have all the industry people that I know, every person that I have met along my way, they're here, <laughs> get them in here. Um, we have agency, um, we do a junior showcase in LA and all the agents and choreographers, everybody comes to see that showcase. A lot of the dancers have an agent by the time they finish their junior year. Um, especially because a lot of the agencies are now bi-coastal, New York and, and L.A. Mm -hmm. So then we also do another showcase in senior year here in New York. Um, so I really just, uh, I'm just trying to give back. And, you know, Mandy Moore and I kind of laugh all the time. Mandy used to be my assistant when I did a lot of choreography out in L.A., and she's like, we are just telling them how to do this. <laughs> We're giving them everything. She's like, you and I just had to fend for ourselves. We figured it out, right? True. Mm -hmm. so. so when you're thinking about 
creating and and moving forward with this program with young dancers are you preparing them for the real world experience absolutely yes, yes absolutely and um they need to understand how it works that it, there, it's more than just dance steps they really need to understand the business and it operates differently in New York from L.A. I mean, they're very different in the way things, um, the way the businesses are run. So we, we just try to give them as much information as possible. And the newest thing is, um, I would say, thanks to the pandemic, <laughs> you know, there's everything that a lot of the hiring process is through self-tapes. So now that's a whole technological aspect that... Now you got to know how to do a really good self tape in order to get hired. So that's something that we're also incorporating now. You're it's evolving. interesting. Oops, yeah, did it's I interrupt? Huge. No, saying she's involved. You have to evolve, and it's amazing that you're giving those skills to your students because I don't see that changing. I think that a lot of auditions are going to say, "Send me a video." Uh -huh. They're they're not going to say, "Line up two hundred of you." They're going to say, "No, I want to see two hundred videos." Take the 50 I want to see in person or the 30 I want to see yep. in person. So yeah, giving it money. The mm -hmm. same. Yep, exactly. I was recently talking to a young dancer who who just graduated and I was uh expecting her to be in New York auditioning because her ultimate goal is a is a Broadway show or tour. Mm-hmm. And she's not, she's at home sending reels to all of these people. Then if they want to see her, they call her and then you go to New York. It's, wow. it's this new process. <laughs> it where, sure is, isn't it? Thanks yeah. for coming. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it would have eventually went that way, Rhonda, with, how, with technology now? Or do you I think do. COVID just like, made it happen. I mean, COVID definitely made it happen, but do you think yeah. it would have transitioned naturally? I, I do think, I do think it would have, because I know that, um, even before the pandemic, um, like different choreography jobs that, you know, I would get, um, I would have meetings via zoom mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have to fly down to Florida, you know, to Royal Caribbean or whatever. Like you just, it, you did it via zoom. Right. Which at that point I was like, what is all this? I was like freaking right. out. We, Scott Jovovich and I were just talking this morning and we're like, yeah, when everything went kaflooey with COVID, the amount of like catching up technologically that you had to do in yep. addition to teaching, oh my Lord, I thought, I thought it was going to implode, but yep. teaching dance in my living room with... <laughs> computer like sliding off the bank it was like ah, i hate this <laughs> everybody watching rhonda is with you on you that understand. <laughs> and i just would laugh at myself i'd be like bending over warming up and doing stuff and i'm like i'm sure this is real pretty on the other end oh the things we do during covid i know i know <laughs> but we made it and we're back. That's right. So Laura, I know you have a question as far as guiding your students. I think this is a perfect time for that. I do. So 
Obviously, I'm a studio owner. I've owned Libra for 12 years now. Um, we're getting to the point where I have more than a handful of dancers who definitely can go professional. I have one who's in New York right now. Um, I have one who's definitely interested in your program. And right. I think for me, I would like to know, well, really two things. I know that you're saying that you have a video that they have to submit. What is something that you would suggest or a, any type of feedback as far as a video that catches your eye? What is it that you're looking for? So that's kind of like part one of the question. Mm -hmm. And then two, I would say, what is it something that like, what is the final cut that you're looking for at pace? What is, what, if you have an A and a B, why are you picking A? What's pulling you towards that dancer rather than the second one? Okay. Um, well, just a little bit of info for people. Um, most performing arts schools use this um, service called the Accepted website. And so they, the students for, for B, they will uh, send in their resume of a picture of themselves and then they can submit a video of their choice. But in addition to that, this year, we've incorporated, uh, you have to do, so Scott created a ballet, um, couple, two or three ballet combinations, and then I did like a jazz combination. So then they have to self-tape those combinations in addition to, you know, say they send in a, a competition video so basically what I look at right away, one, I read the resumes because I really want to know, well, where did you come from? Especially because I, I tend to know a lot of, you know, dance studio owners and people. And I like to, I like to see where they come from. Um, then I, I just start taking a good look at their the competition solo to see where they are landing with something that they've already rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I don't even watch that whole video. I'll see what I need to see technically. And if there's a sense of energy about them and how captivating are they? Um, do they have texture, their dynamics? Like I, I really look a lot at that. Then I'll just jump straight to the adage part of ballet. And that pretty much tells you a lot right there. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, after I see what I need to see there, it doesn't have to be perfect because we, you can build technique. You're like, we know how to keep working and working technique. Then when they get to my little jazz combo that I did, I want to see one, do you pay attention to the specifics? Do you have a sense of dynamics, which is usually in my choreo, whether they like it or not, but some of them still choose to go over it and not have the dynamics. So I'm, I'm looking for, yes, technique, um, but I'm looking to see how captivating you are. Are you passionate? Um, you know, because people don't want to pay three and four and $500 for a Broadway show when you're just like, do, just doing the material. Right. They want to be touched. People want to feel something. So I, when I get down to the end, so basically, hold on, let me back up. So after I look at those videos, I will say, I want to see them personally in the room or I don't feel like it's going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. And then I bring the people into the room and then I really am eyeballing them in person, which is like my, one of my favorite things ever is to, you know, and I try to make them feel comfortable and I laugh with them and, and, and they always go away going, wow, that wasn't staunchy or anything. Like you guys are really warm and welcoming. And, um, and then I 
talked to them a little bit. I asked some questions, you know, see where, where they want to go with their life. You know, what is it? If they want to be just solely in a ballet company, this is not the right program for you. Right. Because we do everything here. So I really, I listen when, when I'm actually talking with them. And I don't talk to all of them, just the ones that I feel. One, if there's something a little off and I want to know, are you kooky? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I need to like, get a feel for that. Right. So, um, and our process here when we get in person is um, you have a ballet audition, you have a jazz audition, and then you have some hip hop and tap. Um, because most of the time what is submitted is contemporary solos. So I'm like, okay, we got that. Let's what are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts on that? Meaning, <laughs> is there something else you'd like to see other than the typical contemporary song? Um, yeah. Is that really who you are? Are you a tapper? Do Are you a musical theater person? Um, so... I feel like everybody's just so caught up in doing all these contemporary solos, but. So you're telling me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clarify this. You're telling me that you'd get it if I, if tap was my thing and I sent that tap video, you'd consider it as yes. much as you'd consider that contemporary dancer. Cause I think that's why people wouldn't send the mm. tap solo. Um, yes because I see that that is your forte. And then I watch you do the adage or the petit allegro or the grand allegro with, you know, and so I'm, I'm still seeing everything I would need to see. And then right. I'm seeing, you know, my quick jazz stuff that I like to do. Mm -hmm. So I think you should put your best foot forward. Yeah. And what you feel comfortable in, what you, what you, what you know you're really good at. Right. Because, yes, I mean, I've been looking at accepted videos for the past two weeks to for people to be accepted into the intensive. And, yeah, every single one of them is a contemporary solo just about, except for a few people. And I had a few people that were tappers. So what do I note? Tapper needs more work in ballet, needs a little more strength. Like, I make notes over there to the right-hand side of my page for, for myself. So I just think... I just, I just think be who you are and show me what you're really great at because I've got these other videos that can tell me otherwise, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, but I brought the tappers in. I mean, that's, we have major tap at this program. So why wouldn't I consider you? And then you get to the ballet bar and all my ballet faculty comes after you and makes you better in ballet. Right. So, well, I sound like I'm preaching. I don't mean to <laughs> I just get passionate about stuff. Mm -hmm. No, I I actually listen to you and think, how cool is it? In my day, which is your day, mm -hmm. we we are pretty much about the same age. Um, yeah, I'm 28. <laughs> yes, I, and I'm 29, Rhonda. So <laughs> See, I knew there's you a little difference there. <laughs> But in my day, it was more if you wanted a professional career in dance, you went directly to New York or you went directly to L.A. or you went directly on that cruise ship or Disney or whatever. Right. 
to now be able to go and learn your craft and learn, let's say, the survival skills, the business skills, the diversity of what's possible, that's a gift in reality to everybody who's pursuing a, a professional dance career. And I think it's different too now because I think what you're paying for with college tuition is also a network. You're also paying for the network. Oh. You know, the, the understanding that you can meet so many choreographers and teachers and work with different companies, like that's a part of what you're paying for with your tuition as well. So when you are having those experiences at school, that's how, you know, you can get into different companies. You can it's get past the, the video. No, just come right to the audition. I saw you at, you know, at the master class that I taught. I saw you on the piece that I said at that school. Please come. You know, it's it's. It's you're also I don't know I feel like you're paying for yeah, that. You're building your network for sure, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know really prime examples for me are like, uh, you know I've got students obviously on Broadway. I've got like thirteen Rockettes this year, maybe fourteen. I'm not sure, but all of these people come down to Pace or in LA. Um, like Mandy has hired several of my alumni that just shoot you know because she teaches them. And she sees their work ethic and she sees their talent. And yeah. as a matter of fact, one of my alumni, Claire Ross, she and Mandy are writing a book together now. I'm like, wow. You know, and that's, I think it's important to have an education. My father, uh, you know, because I wanted to go straight from Baltimore to New York. Um, but I probably, if I had done that, would have been chewed up, spit out, and I'd be back in Baltimore. Dad said, I don't care what degree you get, but you're getting a degree. You need an education. You need to. You, you need to expand your knowledge past a ton do or shuffleball change, you know? So um, I think it's important. You have to be able to exist in the business world mm -hmm. as a business. And I think students are now realizing that they are their product and they have to produce themselves and, and create their own work, not just, oh, gee, I'm just going to rely on this choreographer for the next 20 years to, to hire me. Um, so it's, it's a whole different ball game, Marie, than when you and I were, you know, twenty. In those lycra jazz pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were probably in your lycra leotard. I'm talking about probably, my jazz yeah. pants. It was very shiny in our era. At that time. <laughs> I had some shiny tights that my teacher made me wear in jazz. Oh, so I was shimmer thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, there was a time when the shiny tights were in. Hiked up the leotard. Oh, yeah. And then put some leg warmers on with that. <laughs> Rhonda, I know you do a lot of traveling, different dance conventions, master classes. What do you think of the state of dance right now? I know that's a big question, but what are your thoughts? Well, I think one of the cool things is that dance is so accessible for people now. Mm. That, you know, you can, you know, there's YouTube, there's Insta, the TikTok thing, but whatever. Um, so I think it's kind of exciting because there's so much more exposure. And, you know, the, t the television shows that have been out there really open people up. Um, I'm excited what I noticed this summer when I was traveling and teaching, I noticed that the students were so, they were really excited about 
jazz, not just contemporary. And I, that made me feel really happy because it's time. Jazz is going to make its comeback. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell I'm you. Ready I'm ready for gonna it. Be, I'm going to be the one, okay? I'm ready for it. My, I teach modern, senior modern and senior jazz at Libra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was hesitant to jump. I had a baby two years ago, so I kind of took a little step back from the upper level classes. I had them in September. So I'm like, you know, crazy, great planning, you know, for a studio owner. But I took a step back for that year and just so happens that that teacher was moving. So I jumped back into senior jazz and senior modern. And I literally was like, oh my God, senior jazz. My teacher was so strong. Like, oh, I haven't taken a jazz class in a little while. And then I got back in there and it's like my jazz baby roots from when I was five just like started growing again. And I, and the girls were like, I'm sorry, I love modern, but your senior jazz dance was so much fun. I was like, cool. Like, and that, you know, even like this year, I'm just so excited about jazz and our jazz program really is growing. My jazz class went from eight to 17. I'm like, wow. Like it doubled. And I was like, this is, and and it's so funny. And the parents said they saw the senior jazz dance and the little one says, we want to do that. That looked really fun. And I was like, Hmm. So it's like, you know, it's, it's what they see. It's what they're exposed to. So it's like, I want to push jazz at yeah. my studio because I love it. And it's, it's so, you know, pulls from everything jazz. Exactly. It's, That's the cool part about it. Quality, <laughs> the technique, all of it. So mm-hmm. jazz is huge at my studio and I'm so thankful for that. Great. I, I'm wondering why it is the kids are getting uh, excited about jazz again. I, I I actually, if I, I'll give a little commentary and say, you know, I felt like we were all contemporary and that I wanted to feel some of that joy that dance can bring to yeah. the stage yes. and missed uh, good old jazz dance. But honestly, I am also a guy who says, now Rhonda, you might remember this, even though we may look at contemporary differently because that wasn't where we came from. Mm -hmm. When jazz dance first came out, there were teachers who thought it was risque. We shouldn't be doing jazz dance. You're breaking boundaries. (laughs) You should move your hips, you know? So now when I look at this whole contemporary world and I go, okay, I, I I love it. I don't mind it, but awesome. (laughs) Um, but I also know that it's an evolving and changing art world and totally. that we have to accept what the next generation's bringing to the table. It's, it's, uh, the future. I think also it goes back to these kids, at least from being a studio owner and dealing with 18 and younger from what I'm seeing is like, they've been sad. They don't want to go on stage and do a sad dance. That's what I'm seeing. And contemporary seems to be a modern is usually heavy. It's a little bit more emotional. Yeah. And I feel like from what I'm seeing, they want to go out there and they want to tap or they want to, they want to smile. They want to perform. They want to bring that, like, you know, we did a big spender number and they were just like suit with their fringe and they were just come off stage, like beaming with excitement. (laughs) I'm like, interesting. Like, I think they, they appreciate those happy dances more now. If that makes sense. It helps, it helps their, you know, where they are mentally. I think that's what I, that's how I feel it, feel it at the studio. Well, they, I mean, we all for a year and a half at least were like, just, this was it. This is all we had. 
you know, just yourself. And now I think um, watching, you know, the students here, it, it's a bit of an adjustment for them. Well, last I noticed it a lot last fall being around each other. It was like they just socially didn't know what to do with each other. It was really bizarre. So, you know, I, I think that's a really good point, especially after, you know, the pandemic. It's like, they, yeah, we all need to be happy. We need to be grateful that we can be together again, you know? That's what I keep telling these students. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we should be so happy to be, and without a mask on our face, you know? So, so. But young people have been affected by the last couple of years. Oh, so much, yes. When you've been here a while, you you build up this resilience because different, you know, lifetime experiences have had an effect on your journey. I look at young people today and I feel as though the pandemic has had a major effect on who they are, who they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's all bad. There's a lot of young people who are just, I'm going to be me at this point. And I like that because it wasn't always that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think young people, uh, it's a different world or their perspectives are different now. Totally. But going back to the other topic about jazz dance and everything, I'll say this. I think the audiences want to be entertained too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. The the audience when we're performing, they want to smile. Uh-huh. <sighs> Absolutely. I mean, and I I think um, for people, you know, dancers to be able to do all the different styles. I mean, I think that's just so nice. You know, that one minute you can you know really be emotional and you know and express that type of feeling and then to experience joy and um it's just it's fun it's fun as a dancer to to have all that variety and and yeah audiences are that way too they want to feel something make you know be be it whatever it is and i think that that's what a dancer you know um that's what i'm trying so hard to you know impart into these these dancers here at pace is touch the audience my mother used to say your only obligation is to entertain there you go we would be working on you know the passe in the right place and all of this and after a while she'd say your obligation is to entertain (laughs) as your legs shaking in passe (laughs) yes but it was a truth i mean uh our audiences don't know that that possible is in the perfect place. They know the vibe that they're feeling watching you do that posse, right or wrong. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And it's the truth. And that's what that's what dance is all about. I, I look at it as like our it's like the oldest art form known to mankind. It's a way to communicate and all the other technical stuff is great. Mm-hmm. But the first obligation is to move uh, someone, an audience, whatever, or yourself. True. So true. I have another question, Rhonda. Okay. So as a studio owner um, who does have, like I said, I have a mix of girls and boys at my studio. Some 
take their once a week class, some take their five classes a week, and this is their extracurricular activity, and then some take nine and they want to dance. So I'm all across the board with the right. dance studio and what the dancers want from out of it. Um, seeing students from all different studios across the country, can you give studio owners any feedback of anything you feel that training wise they're missing or something extra that you feel we could be giving to our students to help prepare them for a college level experience in dance? Well, I would say for everyone to keep working on the students' technical abilities, particularly from the ballet standpoint, um, because even, well, depending on the type of job you're going out for, like on Broadway, they, they wanna see that ballet ability. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna test it out. So I would say to, to be as solid as possible from that ballet technique standpoint. And then I just wanna see the love. I wanna see the dynamic. I want, I call it fire. I wanna see your fire, give me some fire. So, I mean, honestly, we, that's what I look for. I look for, okay, how solid are we technically? And then if, if you are dynamic and jump across that stage at me or that the classroom that's it man because it, you that's a hard thing to teach if i could write a book on how to create fire inside your soul i'd be done yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yep. but that's a very difficult thing to teach to teach you can't really teach it it's sort of it's god given it's, it's higher power given it's just poof you know so that that's that would be my advice is to to keep inspiring them technically and inside their soul so that they can just bring it awesome appreciate that sure yeah i i appreciate that a lot too i i often have thought to myself as a teacher it's not so much about getting them to do it technically correct it's about them believing they can do it and then believing in themselves because then it comes out like yeah. the fire that you're talking about. I can be the most awesome teacher in the world, but if I can't pull the fire out of you or I don't say it, so it builds that passion inside of you, it's, it's the vibe isn't going to work. <laughs> exactly. It's, exactly. it's an interesting thing in the long run. It's about the soul. Oh, totally. Yeah. Hence the soul conference. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look how we turned that. Yeah. <laughs> and that was not planned. I know, but look how good we are. <laughs> Rhonda, some, uh, as we wind this up, some final words of wisdom for dance teachers everywhere. Keep believing in what you're doing mm. and what you are passing forward to these students. Uh, I think we all get pretty hung up in, uh, and we're all really good at saying, oh, I didn't do that good enough. But I think believing in what you're giving to the students, that's, that's hard. I, I struggle sometimes myself and I just have to look in the mirror and grab, I, every, in every class I teach, I take my arms up, I grab the positive energy and I talk to myself as I bring it and put it in my soul. Mm. So. I think for us to continue to believe in what we're doing is probably 
a big piece of advice because I question things a lot and I do know that my heart wants good things for people. So, uh, you know, go, go, go. <laughs> I think you're doing an awesome job and thank you for doing what you're doing at Pace. Thank you. Amazing things at Pace for sure. Thank you. Well, come visit us in downtown New York City. Actually, um, tell us if I wanted to find out more about the PACE program. Is, it, uh, is there a URL you could uh, guide uh, us? Yes, you could actually um, go to uh, PACE Performing Arts, uh, www.pace. Actually, I think they might have incorporated PACE School of Performing Arts. And um, just go to our website. Uh, we actually have a fall show um, that we, it's called Dance Space. And it will be December 7th through the 9th. And uh, then we do one in the spring called Dance Out Loud. And that one's usually like the very first part of May. So those are, um, and they're just really professional. And the students are amazing. I mean, they're just, don't tell them I said that, though. No. <laughs> but the they really are. Um, so, you know, feel free, uh, if, if anybody ever needs anything, reach out to me. Um, if you write this down, R Miller, but the number four at pace.edu, feel free to reach out to me if you can't find the information that you need. Um, yeah. And, you know, one more thing before, before we take off. Um, it, for your students that are interested in, you know, going further in dance with at the college level, make sure that you tell them to go visit the campuses. Yes. Look at the curriculum and see really if they're, you know, if, if they're looking for something specific, make sure it's in the curriculum. Okay. That's really important because um, you want to feel comfortable. You know, some people think they want to live in New York City or go to school in New York City and then they get here and they're like, oh, you know, it's a, so it's different, you know. Um, make, that's a very important thing for students, I think, if we could pass that forward. Yeah. We're passing the word on, my friends. Thank you all for being with us, and we will see you in two weeks for our next Coffee Talk. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ree. Thank you for joining us for Ree Gold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 